Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Hey everyone, welcome to Church at Home. My name is Rhett, I'm the lead pastor here at One Life Church, and it's an honor to have you join us today. So whether you're watching over your favorite cup of coffee with friends or on your comfy couch, we just wanna say thank you for taking some time out of your day to be with us. Hey, we're jumping into a new series today we're calling The Signature of God, and I cannot wait to tell you more about that. But before I do, I wanna look into this camera and look into the eyes of every mom that's watching and say, Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Listen, you are special and today we celebrate you. Mothering, it comes in so many different forms. So no matter how or who you're mothering, you are a mom. Now whether you're a biological mom, whether you're a foster mom, or whether you are an adoptive mom, or maybe you're a teacher, or maybe you're a friend, or maybe you're an aunt, or maybe you're a mom of a four-legged creature. My friend, you are a mom and we love you. We celebrate you and we are honored to get to be a part of your life. And so today we want to do something special. We want to send you a gift. We want to send you an Amazon gift card or we want to send you a Starbucks gift card. The gift is your choice. And this is how we want to gift that gift to you today is if right now or maybe at the end of the service, you go to olc.church and click on the online connection card. The online connection card. If you'll fill that out, there's a spot on there that says Happy Mother's Day, and it asks you the question, as a mom, which gift would you like to receive? The Amazon gift card or the Starbucks card? And if you'll fill that out, put your name and your email address, we will, this week, send you that gift. And we cannot wait to give you that gift. And so we're so honored that you've joined us today. We love you moms. You're amazing. Thank you for being the world's greatest moms. You're awesome. All right, before we jump into the message, I've got one more thing that I want to tell you. You ready for this? Today, we're going to answer the question on when we're going to get back together as a church and have public gatherings again. And I cannot wait to tell you when and what that's going to look like. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this information at the end of the message. So don't go anywhere. Hang with me. Let's jump into God's Word together, and then I'll share that exciting news on the back end of today. All right, you ready? Hey, if you haven't already done so, grab your message notes. Get ready to follow along. We are a message note-taking church. You can find your message notes online at olc.church. Click that button that says message notes. Download it, print it off, and get ready as we dive into today's series called The Signature of God. You ready? Here we go. So I want to start with our theme verse this morning that comes out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Let's read this. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. I love this word, masterpiece. You know, the literal translation for this word means that you are a priceless, handcrafted work of art. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And it says that God has created us anew. Now, this word anew, I love this because I think many of us have the wrong perspective of God because a lot of us view God as this God who just takes all our broken pieces and he picks up this piece and he picks up this piece and he puts us back together again and kind of creates this new and improved version of ourselves. Well, that's not exactly what God does. No, according to this verse in scripture and other verses, God creates us anew. Do you know what that means? It means he gives you a fresh start. He gives you and I a blank page, a fresh 
canvas in Christ Jesus. Why? Look at this. So that you and I can do the good things that God planned for us long ago. Listen, do you know what this verse means? This is so amazing to me. It means that God created you on purpose for a purpose. In other words, God had something for you to do, and then he created you. See, God uniquely handcrafted you as a priceless work of art on purpose for a purpose. And just as an artist can be known for their signature work or their brush strokes on their painting, did you know that God can be known for his signature work on the canvas of your life? Now listen, I'm not an art expert by any means, okay? So don't judge me. Don't laugh at me. Just know my intentions today as I'm trying to develop this series, okay? Uh, but in fact, I'm not even a museum person. Like, I'm one of those museum people that isn't a museum person who happens to be married to a museum person. I'll never forget, Linda and I on our honeymoon, we went to New York City, and on one of those days, we decided to go to Ellis Island. I thought it'd be a lot of fun, because, hey, oh, you got to take this boat to go to this island. I'm thinking, yes, that's cool. Well, you take this big boat that's basically a barge for people, and they dump you off on an island, and on this island is just one museum. It's the buildings, and you walk in, there's plaques everywhere, and for a brother who's not a museum person, this is how my experience went. I saw a plaque, I saw a room, I walked through, came out, 30 minutes later, I'm done, where's the boat again? But then I looked back and guess what? My wife is still in the first room on the first plaque reading the history and the deep culture of what happened on Ellis Island. Now I love her for that and I respect her for that. I think that's awesome. But I'm not a museum person and I should have known this because when I was 16 years old, Listen to me, when I was 16 years old, I had the opportunity to go to Paris, France. Now, that was cool. I was like, oh, yes, Paris, this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, there was this one day on our tour that we went to the Louvre Museum. Now, I didn't know this about the Louvre Museum, but they actually said if you looked at every single piece of object or artwork in the museum for just 60 seconds and spent eight hours in a day, that it would literally take you 75 days. Yeah, you heard that right. 75 days to complete the whole museum. Well, can I tell you, when I, I believe I was 15, 16 years old at the Louvre Museum, I saw that puppy in like 30 minutes. I was like, where's Mona Lisa? Oh, pieces, dudes, I'm out. Like, that was me because I'm not a museum person. And if you go to a museum person, yeah, it can literally take 75 days to get through it. Trust me. But here's where I'm going. Again, I'm not an art expert, but this is what I want you to know, all right? is that with every artist, like Monet, for instance. Monet was an artist who was known for his, for his watercolors, for his signature brushstroke that is a watercolor. And then you've got Picasso, right? Picasso, he was known for his signature brushstroke of like the eye that's here and the eye that's here, right? That really weird artwork, that modern artwork. And so that's what Picasso is known for. We'll take a Artists like Rembrandt. Well, Rembrandt was known for his really dark colors, but then all of a sudden he had this pop of light that would just kind of be on that subject that he was in focus. And so with every artist, just as an artist is known for their signature brush strokes, what I want you to know today is that God can be known for his signature brush strokes in your life. But the problem is many of us don't know what they are. So my hope today and throughout this entire series is to introduce you or to show you some of the signature work of God that he wants to paint in your life. And one of the unique characteristics or signature of God that he wants to work in every single one of our lives, including myself, is this one word. I want you to say it out loud. Transformation. Come on, say it again. Transformation. 
And so today what I want to do is I want to give you three truths about transformation. And then I want to show you three applications of how you can begin to experience transformation in your own life. And this is the beautiful thing about Christianity. It's the power of the gospel. It's the fact that when you walk into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and by the way, it's nothing that you can earn. It's not a, nothing that you can work for. It's simply a free gift that you receive by grace, and his name is Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you come into a relationship with God, and a miracle begins to take place, not externally, no, 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 internally. Not behavior modification, no, no, heart transformation. God begins to mark right, his signature, his brushstroke on the canvas of your life, and that brushstroke is change. It's transformation. So I want to give you three truths about transformation. And the first one is, if you're taking notes today, write this down. The first one is, the gospel is change. Yeah, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and the power of God is change. Or you could say it this way, the gospel is transformation, not behavior modification, no, heart transformation. That's why I look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Paul tells us, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a, notice this, a new creation. No, you're not just improved. You're not just made like better. No, 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 no. You are, you are new. All things are gone. All things are passed away. Behold, all things, everything has become new. You've been transformed. Your life has been changed. The gospel is changed. You know, when I begin to think about this process of transformation, I couldn't help but think of the process of a caterpillar to a butterfly. Think about this, man. A caterpillar is one of the ugliest, nastiest, 16-leg, black, yellow, spiky, ugh, right? Caterpillar, he's ugly. But just check this out. He goes through a process, right? What is that process for him? It's the cocoon. The cocoon is the vehicle of transformation for a caterpillar. And what happens? Well, after 5, 21, five to 21 days, a caterpillar comes out of his cocoon and, right? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful monarch butterfly. And I just want you to know this. The same is true with God. If you will allow God to move into your life, He will bring the power of transformation into your heart, into your marriage, into your family, into your finances, into your emotions, into your thoughts, into your habits. He'll begin to set you free and to transform you into a new creation. And listen, just as the cocoon is the vehicle for transformation for the caterpillar. I don't want you to miss this. The church, the capital C church, not just one life church, but the local life-giving church, the body of Christ is the vehicle of transformation for God to do his best work in your life and in my life. And I promise you, if you'll try it, if you'll get planted into a local life-giving church, your marriage, your family, your emotions, I'm telling you, it's the process for transformation. Well, Rhett, that's just your opinion. No, no, no. Look at this. Look at Psalm 92, verse 13. It says, those who are, notice this, planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are in the process that which God uses for transformation shall change. Their life will be changed. Look at this. They will flourish. 
Your life, your family, your health, your finances, your relationships will thrive when you, my friend, are planted in the process that God uses for transformation, which is the local body of Christ. Let me say it this way. Just as an artist's easel supports the canvas as a foundation for the artist's masterpiece, don't miss this, the local church, the body of Christ, is the foundation for God to do His best work in your life. I'm telling you, it's the unique signature of God. And the unique signature of God is change. It's transformation. And a part of that process for our lives, for me and for you, is the local church. This is amazing and this is incredibly powerful. And my hope is today that you just don't hear this, but that you begin to experience this as you take next steps in your life to be planted wherever you are into a local life-giving church. Now, the way that we do that here at One Life is through a process that we call Discover. Discover is a one-hour, basically, class that you can attend today online to take a next step. A next step for what, Rhett? A next step to discover what your life would look like planted in a local life-giving church. And it's based on this verse right here. And so if you don't have a church home, can I invite you, listen, if you're in the area, to be a part of ours. Or if you're not, to find a local life-giving church that you can get plugged into. Why? So that your life can thrive and that you can ultimately experience the signature of God, which is transformation. Why? Because the gospel is changed. And the unique signature of God is change. And He wants to change your life through the local church. So let me show you a story in the Bible that depicts a little bit deeper the truth of this transformation. It comes out of John chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. It says, There was a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Now it says, After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. And so that leads me to ask the question, why would Nicodemus come to Jesus at night? You ready for this? It was because he was afraid of what his friends or his relational network might think. So he comes to Jesus at night and he says, Teacher, or Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. In which, by the way, in this moment, Nicodemus only knew Jesus as a good teacher. Which, let me just say this, some of you who are watching or some of you who might be listening today, maybe you're just thinking, you know what, I, I like the things that Jesus teaches. You know, like the whole love your neighbor, I like that. <laughs> the whole be kind, I like that too. And so you know Jesus is a good teacher, but can I just be honest with you, my friend? God and Jesus doesn't just want to be your teacher. No, the goal of Christianity isn't just to put another note in your notebook and set it aside and go, you know, I, I learned a little bit more about my Bible today. No, that's not the goal. Now, teaching, now, it's a tool that we use to achieve a goal, but it's not the goal. No, the goal is transformation. The goal is life change. Now, notice Nicodemus. He wasn't just attracted to the teaching. Notice what he says. He says, Jesus, your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. It's evident that God is with you. And notice Jesus' response. He said, Nicodemus, man, I want to tell you the truth. Like, if you want to be transformed, if you want to experience what I'm experiencing in my life, then you need to be born again. You need to be born again. Look at this. He said, you will not experience life change. You will not see the kingdom of God unless you are transformed. And so Nicodemus is going, <laughs> what do you mean? 
Like, this is crazy. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus, that doesn't make sense. You're losing me here. Come on, man. Speak a little bit more plainly because my mind can't fathom that. And so Jesus says, okay. He said, I assure you, Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of God. Your life cannot be changed without being born of water and the Spirit. What does that mean? Water and the Spirit, that's one and the same. That's saying that no one can be changed unless you allow the Spirit and the power of God to come at work within your life. And so Jesus says, listen, humans can only reproduce human life. However, the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. In other words, the Holy Spirit has the power to transform and to change your life. This is the gospel. It's the unique signature of God that he wants to paint on the canvas of your life. The gospel, my friend, is transformation. The gospel is change. And here's the second truth about transformation. And that is, God loves you as you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you that way. Yeah, see, God loves us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. And I want to speak to something that's in our culture today, because in my opinion, I believe there are two different gospels that are being preached. There's a grace gospel, and then there's a truth gospel. So the grace gospel goes a little bit like this. Oh, grace, 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 grace. Listen, God loves you just the way you are. He never expects a change. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Grace, 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 grace. Right? I don't know if you've heard that. But then there's a whole other gospel. It's called just the truth gospel. And that's where you'll get a brother or sister come up in your face with that 10-foot thing and it says, you better turn or you're going to burn. You better get your act together or you're going to hail. Now listen, I'm from the South. Hell is a two-syllable word. It's hail, right? You better turn or you better, or you're going to burn. You better get right or you're going to get left. Right? That's the whole truth gospel. And can I just be honest with you? God never intended for those to be separate teachings. No. Listen, just like an Oreo cookie is the most delicious cookie in the whole planet when those two chocolate crisp cookies are put together with that beautiful ooey gooey, just ah, sugar, right? It's amazing, right? Just thinking about it gives me a ah, sugar high, right? Did you know, I don't know if you've ever taken the chocolate apart and just eaten it by itself, but can I tell you that it doesn't taste very good? In fact, I believe that's kind of bitter. And if you just eat just the sugary, you know, center by itself, I mean, it's super sweet. And it's like, woo, give you a sugar high. And so they weren't meant to be eaten apart. No, they were meant to be eaten together because, man, I'm telling you, you bring those two crisp chocolate bittery things together along with that ooey gooey, creamy, sugary filling. Mm. What do you get? You get manna from heaven. You get a perfect gift from God, which is called the Oreo cookie, right? And so why am I telling you this? Why am I talking about Oreo cookies? Because the same is truth, true with grace and truth. They were meant to be together. They were never meant to be separate. Let me show this to you in the Bible. It was said about Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 14. Look at this. It says, the word, which by the way, this is John's favorite description of Jesus. It says, the word, Jesus became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. It says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, Jesus, who came from the Father, full of both, man, I love you just the way you are, grace, and, but I love you too much to leave you that way, truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Listen, the way I like to say it is this, listen, truth without grace 
Well, truth without grace, man, that's just plain mean. But grace without truth, well, that's meaningless. But truth and grace together, well, that's meaningful in that that is medicine. Listen, grace invites us to be free. The truth, truth sets us free. And as your pastor, it's my job to do my absolute best to bring you a balanced diet of both, gra- of both grace and truth. And that's what I ask God to help me with every week. Because I want you to understand it's so important when it comes to this transformation and the truth of the gospel. And the gospel is change and that change is transformation. And this is a unique signature Mark, that God wants to paint on your life, grace, and truth. And here's the third truth that comes to transformation. And that is, and I'm just going to be honest with you, this one, this is a tough pill to swallow. In fact, I struggled with God all week trying to ask Him, please, I I just want to skip this one. Will you allow me to skip this one? But because I know that I'm going to stand before God one day to make sure that I presented to you the truth of God's Word, I have to bring this to you. And so if your seatbelt isn't already on, go ahead and buckle that seatbelt, pull that strap up, hold on tight, baby, because here we go, all right? And listen, I love you. God loves you. And this is the truth of His Word. And if you'll allow it, it will change you. And it will breathe life into every area of your life, I promise. And here it is, number three, the truth about transformation is that if I'm not changing, like if my life isn't being transformed, that I might not know God. Like if my life isn't being changed, then I might not have a relationship with God. And notice that I put the two words, might not, because honestly, that's not my job to know. Listen, I'm not God. I'm not your judge. You have have a Holy Spirit, just like I have a Holy Spirit. And this is between you and God, but be clear. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6-10 through 10 says, If you and I claim to have fellowship or relationship with God, but yet our lives are not changing, yet we continue to walk in darkness, then we lie. And we don't live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, here's the good news, if we walk in relationship with God, if our lives are being changed, We have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. But yet, if we claim to be without sin. In other words, if we claim to say, you know, I know what the Bible really says, but I don't think God really cares. You know, I'm going to continue to do this anyway. I mean, come on, it's the 21st century. I mean, we're good here. God doesn't care. I can do this. In other words, if we try to rewrite God's standards and call things that are sin not sin, Look at what it says. It says, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But notice all you're required to do. Don't miss this. All you're required to do is to, if we confess our sins, if we call sin like it is sin, look at the good news. God says he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us our sins and he will purify us. He will change us. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. And I just want to say this. Listen, God's not asking you to live a perfect life. Listen, God knows you're going to make mistakes and that you've made some mistakes. He knows the things that you're doing, but He knows it's not who you are. He knows that we're imperfect people. Why? Because we are human. The way I like to say it is this. I got some issues, y'all. Yeah, 
As the pastor of One Life Church, I am a human being. I've got some issues. I've got some things in my life that God needs to continue, that I need to allow God to continually to work on. Like I got some issues. And guess what? You got some issues too. Like all God's children, we all got issues. And if you don't think you got an issue, guess what? That is your issue. In fact, the scripture says, listen, if you claim you don't have any issues, like if you claim that you've not sinned, then we make God out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. And then John just, he doesn't give up. He goes right into it into chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. He says, whoever says that I know him or have a relationship with God, but does not do what he commands. In other words, that does not live out this life changing truth and his life isn't being transformed. He says that person's a liar and the truth isn't in that person. Now listen, I know that this is the deep end of the pool, especially on Mother's Day, but I can't preach week after week and you not know that this truth exists in God's word. I love the rest of the verse. It says, but if anyone obeys his word, in other words, when you begin to live it out, I love this, the love for God is truly made complete in them. In other words, your life begins to change. It's where you begin to experience the unique signature of God's transformation in your life. And my hope is today and throughout this series is that you'll allow God and the power of God to come alive on the inside of your heart and begin to transform you. My hope is that you allow the master to pick up the paintbrush and to begin to paint on the canvas of your life. Why? Because I want you to experience a fulfilled life living on purpose for a purpose. Well, that leads us to a question. Well, then, Rhett, how do I do this? How do I experience this transformation in my life? That's a great question, and I'm glad that you asked. So I'm going to give you three action steps, and then we'll pray. Here's the first one. That is, you and I have to make the decision to look beyond who we were and focus on who God wants us to become. You and I have to look beyond who we were and focus on who God wants us to become. I mean, have you ever wondered why God chose some of the most messed up people in the Bible to make a difference and to become the Bible's heroes? I mean, take Moses, for instance. Moses was a murderer and a stutterer, yet God chose him to deliver an entire nation out of slavery. And then you have David, who is just a shepherd boy, who God chose to become the greatest king in Israel's history, but yet David was an adulterer and a murderer. But then you take a guy who is, whose name is Paul, who was formerly known as Saul, who we find in Acts chapter 8 and 9, overseeing the killing of Christians. But yet God chose him to plant churches and to write two-thirds of our New Testament. So why does God do this? Well, I believe it's to show off his signature work in that God changes people. I love this verse in Romans 1, 1 that Paul writes. And again, just a few verses before this, we see Paul murdering Christians, but yet Paul has an encounter with Jesus. And once Paul has an encounter with Jesus, he begins to see differently. And notice what he says. He says, hey, my name is Paul, the ex-murderer. No, 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 no. I'm Paul. I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. And I'm called to be an apostle. What is he saying? He said, you know what? I'm not there yet, but God's called me to it. I'm looking beyond who I was, and I'm looking to the future and the significance that God has for my life. And I'm set apart for the good news and the power of God's work. I'm called to make a difference with my life, is what he says. 
So do we do this in our own strength? No, no, absolutely not. The Word of God teaches it's not by might, it's not by our power, but it's by His Spirit that gives us the power to bring this transformation on the inside of us. That power that says, you know what? I know that's what I was doing, but that's not who I am. It's not who I am. And that's why Colossians chapter 3, verse 7 through 8 says, you know, I used to walk in these ways. He says, you used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived, but now. And I think so oftentimes, too many of us who are watching and listening, too many of us are living in the used to. And my friend, I want to help you live in the but now. And so how do we do that? Well, we've got to allow the power of God to come alive on the inside of us to change our thinking. I just preached a series this past month about change your thinking, change your life. And so we've got to change our thinking. And we can't focus on who we were. We've got to focus on who God wants us to become so that we can experience the unique signature of God to paint on the canvas of our life. And that is this transformational change. It's the power of God's Word. And here's action step number two. And that is, you need to give God permission to change everything. You need to make the choice to give God permission to change everything. And this is my hope for you. In fact, I just want to remind you, listen, God is so good. He's so kind. And He is so loving that He actually gives you and I a choice. I love Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and I, I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and does this, notice this, opens the door. Those who make the choice, look at the promise. I will come in and I'll eat with that person and they with me. In other words, we'll do life together in relationship. And so isn't it about time that you just, you shelf religion, man. I mean, religion is exhausting. But isn't it about time that you come into a relationship with a God who loves you and who gave his best for you through his son, Jesus? I mean, isn't it about time that you allow him to paint on the canvas of your life and to heal you from the hurts and the wounds and the past pains? Isn't it about time you allow God to heal you from that addiction and that secret sin that have kept you bound for so long? I mean, isn't it about time that God frees you and heals you from the acts of the flesh? To which some of you might be saying, what are the acts of the flesh, Red? We'll look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 24. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And so here's my question. It's like, isn't it about time you allow God to heal you from sexual immorality, from impurity, debauchery, or in other words, allowing your body to call the shots? Isn't it about time that you allow God to heal you from idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage? Isn't it about time you allow God to heal you from selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like? Listen, God is knocking on your heart's door today. And he's saying, isn't it about time you allow me to bring healing into your life? And here's the truth. And this is God's word. And this, my friends, was written, this was a letter written to a local church. This was written to Christians. And so if you're not a Christian and you're watching or listening, hey, my friend, you're off the hook. You can live how you want to live. But if you're watching this and you're listening and you've surrendered your life to Jesus and you consider yourself a Christ follower, this is talking to you. And he says, I warn you, church, 
as I did before, those who live like this, notice this. In other words, those who don't give permission for God to change everything in their life will not inherit the kingdom of God. They won't inherit the kingdom of God. However, if you'll give God permission, if you'll look at what happens when you give God permission, I love this. Look at this. It says the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, fruit just starts popping up all over your life, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice this. I love this. Against such things, there is no law. We're not talking law here. No, we're not talking about changing your behavior. No, we're talking about heart transformation. This is amazing. It's fruit. In other words, when people are asking a lot, why in the world is your life changing? Well, you know what? I, I gave God permission to, to, to change everything. You know, I decided to give my heart to Jesus. I decided to go to this class that Pastor Rhett kept talking about called Discover. And I discovered what my life would look like planted in a local life-giving church. And not only did I discover it, I took a step and I became a part of the body of Christ and I got on the dream team and I started making a difference with my life. And all of a sudden, now I'm in a, now I'm in a small group and, and now I'm experiencing the life change that happens from relationships in my life. And you know what? Now I'm thinking about leading a small group as I get into the summer, as we begin to launch small groups in the summer. And when people ask you, my friend, why your life has changed, you're, they're going to ask you, is it because you think you're perfect? And you're going, no, no, no. It's not because I think I'm perfect. No, it's because my life is planted. It's because my life is planted. It's because I made the choice. And that's why the verse says, listen, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they make a choice. What is that? They've decided, you know what? I'm going to crucify my old life. I'm going to do some things differently. I'm crucifying my flesh with its passions and its desires. And I'm making the choice to open the door of my heart to give God permission to change everything and to work on the inside of me. And God's working on the inside of you, my friend. That's why Philippians 2, 13 says, listen, God is working on the inside of you. It's by his power that brings about this life change. He gives you the desires and the power to live a changed life to do what pleases God him in other words you know what this means it means that god is giving you the power to do things that you never thought were possible he gives you the power to love others like you never thought you could he gives you the power to forgive others like you never thought you could you all of a sudden begin to live a, a, a transformational life because of the power of christ working in you and so i just want to ask you this just, i mean just imagine just for a moment imagine what your life would look like changed by the power and the love of God. I mean, imagine what your life would look like if you allow God to work in your heart and to transform you and to transform your marriage and to transform the broken relationships. I mean, imagine for a moment what your life would look like if you would allow God to bring healing from your past wounds. Imagine what it would look like if you would allow God to set you free and to heal you from that secret sin that you've been hiding for so, so long. I mean, imagine with me for a moment what it would look like to begin to experience the incredible peace of God that transforms your understanding and guards your heart and mind and begins to weave itself through every area of your life. And for many of you, you're going, Rhett, that's what I want, man. That's what I need. What do I need to do? Well, let me give you this truth and then we'll close. That is the secret to change. You ready for this? The secret to change 
begins with brokenness. Change begins with brokenness. So what do I mean by brokenness? Well, David says this in Psalms 51, 17. He says, when it comes to God, I've recognized that God, the sacrifice that you desire. In other words, what it is that you're looking for, God, out of my life isn't perfection. No, it's not behavior modification. It's not even pretending that I've got it all right. No, but what you're looking for is a humble, broken spirit. Look at this. God is attracted to somebody who says, you know what, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. You know what, I've tried living my life my own way for so many years. I've tried on my own to change and I can't change. And God, I'm so sorry that I've done this for so long without you. Please forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn. I'm broken. I'm hurting and I'm helpless without you. God, I need you. I need your help. And look what happens. This is something that God is attracted to. It says God will not reject a broken and repentant heart. In other words, God draws close to brokenness. Another verse is that God is close to the broken hearted. And my friend, wherever you are today watching or listening, if you find yourself in that broken place, I want you to know that God loves you. He's attracted to that moment. And he's just simply asking you to take a next step. And that is to repent. Repent. What is that word? It's a, you know, our culture has given that word a bad name. You know what repent means? It simply means to change direction. That's it. It means, you know what? I was headed this way, but now I'm going to make a choice and I'm going to turn and head a different direction. I'm not going the world's way toward death. No, I'm going toward God now. I'm going toward this transformation that gives me the power to live the life that God wants me to have, which is fulfilled on purpose and for a purpose. And so in order for our lives to be restored, there has to be repentance and it's choice. And all change begins with a choice. And so I want to encourage you today to make the choice, to heed the words of advice that James chapter four, verse 10 would give us. And then we'll close and we'll pray. And that is humble yourselves, humble yourselves before the Lord. Why rat? Because he will change your life. The Word of God says, if you'll humble yourselves before the Lord, God Himself will lift you up. And my friend, that's my prayer for you today, is that your life would be lifted and starting to begin to experience the change and the transformation power, the signature of God on the canvas of your life. So wherever you are, whoever you are, would you bow your head when you close your eyes? It would be my honor to pray for you right now. God, today... We humble ourselves before you, knowing, God, that you will lift us up. We need you. God, we want you in our lives. In fact, God, we give you permission today to change everything. Now, listen, if you're watching or listening and you know that you're far from God, like you know, maybe once you had a relationship with God, but you walked away, or maybe you've never come into a relationship with God, my friend, it would be an honor to lead you in a simple prayer. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse nine says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, here's the promise. It says your life will be changed. It says your life will be saved. You'll experience eternal life and your life on earth will be fulfilled. 
And so wherever you are, whoever you are, if that's you, you know who you are, it would be an honor for me to lead you in a simple prayer today. Would you pray this prayer with me if that's you? Would you just simply say, Jesus, forgive me. Come live inside of me. I give you permission to change everything. I put my hope, I put my trust in you. I confess you as my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God, you raised Jesus from the dead to pay for my sin so that I could live and have life to the fullest. So today, I give you everything because you gave me your everything. I love you. And today, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you just made that decision today, congratulations, man. Way to go. That is the single greatest decision of your entire life. And it is the first step in your spiritual journey. And listen, would you do us a favor? Would you take some time to click on the button that says online connection card on our website at olc.church? And what are we gonna do with that information? All we simply would like to do is send you one email that says, hey, congratulations, but that simply gives you some next steps on your spiritual journey. Also, hey moms, don't forget that online connection card is so important. There is a spot on there today that actually gives you the opportunity to select the gift of your choice, that Amazon gift card or that Starbucks gift card that we want to send you and honor you today. So don't forget to do that, moms. We love you so much. Also want to remind you today is Discover. What is Discover? Well, I mentioned it in the message. It's your best next step to get connected to life-giving relationships and to see what your life would look like connected to a local life-giving church. And we believe this, that your life will thrive because why? God's word says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Your life will thrive. So today you have that opportunity. So just be sure to click that link on olc.church that says Discover and you can learn more information about what that looks like. All right, want to remind you at the end of this month, so exciting, a small group leadership training is going to be happening. Some of you guys have just attended small groups this semester and you've realized of how life-changing and impactful that was for you. And I want to encourage you, if that's you, I want you to pray about attending small group leadership training as we get prepared to go back to in-person gatherings in June, which I'm gonna tell you about in a moment, okay? We are going to reintroduce small groups. Now, listen, I know some of your small groups are still meeting, and I'm gonna say that's awesome, but we're getting ready to introduce a new small group semester starting in June, and if you wanna know what it looks like to be a small group leader, this will be your opportunity. Go to olc.church, click on the button that says small groups and you'll learn more information about small group leadership training. All right, we're going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. And I just want to say thank you for your incredible generosity, church. You're an amazing man. You're so generous. And I just want to say thank you. Not only are you making a difference in our own church family in this time in this season, but you're continuing to make a difference in our community. And for that, I wanna say thank you. And if you are our guest today, please feel no pressure. Please feel no obligation to give at all. This service is our gift to you. However, if you would like to give, there are three ways that you can give. You can see those on the screen. And all we ask is this, ask God 
And if God speaks to your heart about putting an amount on something to give, man, just be obedient to whatever he puts on your heart. And that's it. All right. So here, I'm excited. I mentioned this at the front end of our message. I'm saved the best for now. You ready for this? Okay. So everybody's asking, hey, when are we going to get back to having in-person gatherings? Okay. All right. So we're looking at this kind of as a three-phase plan. We are in phase one right now, which is what I encourage you to do last week, which I know some of you are doing today. And I want to encourage you to continue to do. And that is watch parties. What's a watch party? Invite your family, invite your friends over to your house, do a barbecue, do a picnic and watch the service together and do the kids life worship experience together. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. That's phase one. That leads us up to phase two. What is phase two? That starts on June the 14th. That's right. I just said it. We are so excited to announce that we're going to have in-person gatherings starting Sunday, June the 14th. That is the second Sunday in June. Now, this is what I need every single one of you who call One Life Church family home, or you call this home. And that is just what I need you to do. I need you to go onto our website at olc.church. And I need you. This is so important and so vital to know how we can best serve you and your family in this season. I need you to do a little short survey that will literally take you 30 seconds. It's on our website and it says, are you ready survey? If you will click that once this message is over, click that button, take the survey and let us know that information that's on that survey because this is going to allow us to know how we can best serve you on June 14th and moving forward. So what does June 14th look like? It's going to be a family style worship service. Now we will be observing social distancing, okay? But it's going to be a family style worship experience, meaning that we're not going to be offering our kids life worship experience on this Sunday. However, kids are welcome in the service, okay? And we're going to do, the service will be less than an hour, and it's going to be a lot of fun. There will be activities and things for kids to have as they enter the service that will keep them engaged. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to have you join us on June the 14th. And I want you to know, listen, there's no pressure for you to have to do that. But I want you to know that you are welcome and that we hope at this point that you begin to feel comfortable coming back into in-person gatherings starting June 14th. So that's phase two. Phase three is when all restrictions are lifted by our governor and by the mayor and by the CDC and uh, the Southwest Health District, when all of those are lifted, we will return back to a full kids life worship experience at the Nampa Pacific Center. All right, so I've said a lot. Here's the things I need you to remember. Moms, please don't forget, online connection card, receive your gift. Hey, One Life Church family, that online connection survey called Are You Ready Survey, please, immediately following the service, go online, fill that 30-second survey out so that we know how to best serve you. All right, I'm going to pray as we give, and then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you so much for my amazing family. I love them so much, and I pray blessing over them. God, I pray that you surround them with your favor as with a shield. I pray you protect them. God, that you give them grace. Cause your face to shine upon them and give them peace. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, you guys cannot wait to see you here next week at olc.church as we continue to make preparations to get back to in-person gatherings on Sunday, June the 14th. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Happy, happy Mother's Day. God bless. We'll see you next Sunday. We love you.